And now, from high atop the Camelback Towers in Scottsdale, from the Star Worldwide Network Studios, a man whose life revolves around his family, sports, grilling, and bad jokes, your host of the Dad Podcast, talking all things dad, here's Chris Brewer. All right, another Thursday, another another Dad Podcast. I have some I have some big news. I haven't said this. I do this every week. I beat the GPS to get here by two minutes. Nice. Yes. <laughs> and and it 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 looked like I was going to beat it by one minute, and then there was a chance to beat it by two minutes, and I'm like. Come on, car, go. I got to beat it by two. I'd rather beat it by two than, than one. That's called your foot on the gas pedal, Chris. I did it. Well, I ride a bike here. So You ride a bike? Yeah, I ride a... How, how far? Uh, 45 miles. That's a lie. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good huffy. No, 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 no. I don't believe no, that. No, Maybe four I, I, or five. No. Uh, but I do, I do try to beat the GPS every week. And uh, this this week I beat it by two minutes. Nice. So kudos Bravo. to me. I need a Homer Simpson button that goes woohoo. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I've actually um, kind of had a crappy week, to be to be perfectly honest. Uh, um, I'm losing losing my boss, uh, who who I who I love at my uh, at my current job, and uh, he's he's leaving for for a new new adventure and it came out of nowhere and I'm still kind of working through that. You guys ever had a, had a boss real quick that just like, man, that, that was a good boss. Any of you? Yeah. There's been a bunch of mentors, man. Yeah. I, I think the good bosses I consider mentors and yeah, you know, it's just time. If they're good enough, they're probably not staying at whatever they're doing for forever. Oh, sure. It just, you know, it just stinks, you know. You enjoy working with someone; uh, starts to become a family. But uh, he'll he'll do, he'll do great things. But we're uh, you know working working through that, uh, and it's partly why I wanted to bring on this particular particular guest because uh, it has has a lot to do with what we're going to be talking today, you know, with, with our jobs and, and careers and, and, and everything. And, and I met him, I was doing improv off-Broadway in, in Yonkers. This was about 1995, yeah, 1995-ish. I, I was only like 19, and I was working at an Applebee's just trying to, trying to make ends meet there, doing, doing off-Broadway. And... He walked into Applebee's that night, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is like a megastar to me. And he was in town. He was filming a new Red Roof Inn commercial and then was just starting a new show. Uh, remember the Drew Carey show? That was a yeah. funny, funny show. And he sat down. He ordered, I'll never forget, he ordered a basket of Cajun fries and a pink lemonade, and we just started talking and we have been friends ever since. Uh, he's he's a treasure to me. And you may remember, you guys, remember the uh, the movie Mr. Mom? Oh, of yes. course. We were going to have Martin Mall on today. Seriously, we were going to have Martin Mall on. Um, he actually, Rob. I don't know if you know this. He's actually an accomplished uh, painter now. I did not know yes. that. And unfortunately, as you may know, if you know anything about painting, uh, he he inhaled some paint fumes, and that is why he couldn't be here today. So we were we were going to have Martin Mall on today, painting accident. Um, but I, I wanted to bring him on. You're probably like, well, what does that have to do with uh, you know jobs and everything? Do you guys remember the movie Mr. Mom? He was Terry Gar's boss. Yeah, the creepy guy that he was, was chasing a creepy her guy. around. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. And if you remember that movie, it's a, you know it's a it's a comedy. It's funny, but you know it, it was deep there too because it got into you know work life balance, what's going on at home, uh, roles and, and everything. And you know she she lands what she thinks is this great job, 
And like, and we'll, we'll get into this, like a lot of times where you think, oh, this, this pays so much and uh, it's, it's, you know, I'm, I'm going to make way more than, than I was and everything. Uh, you know, there's strings attached with, with that and you end up not being as happy. I bet you did not think we were going to be breaking down the movie Mr. Mom in, in today's, today's episode. That is a surprise. Ne- yeah, ne- next week we're going to break down the never-ending story. We will <laughs> Just don't sing the song. No, I actually love that song. <laughs> I know, but I have it in my head now that you said the name of the movie. It's his pre-workout music. Uh-oh. I call myself Fallcore. <laughs> I am not touching yeah. that. That's what she said. Um, <laughs> she probably did. Um, so, you know, for me, I, I think for me, the most important thing in a job is having a solid work-life balance. I think for me, right, that, that's more important than, than the money. But can I be there for, for my wife, for my family, Am I able to go see my kids' games, go to their practices, be able to pick them up from school? All, all that I find that more important than if I was making another twenty thousand dollars. Like I, I, I wasn't looking for it, but I, I did have a headhunter reach out to me uh, within about a year ago, and this job would have paid well more than twice what I'm making right now. And I was like, I don't even know. I don't know if I would want that because I know everything that's, a, that's attached to that, to that dollar. That means you're away. And you're, I even talked to my kids about this. I'm like, you know, that, that would mean I'm not home for dinner. That would mean I'm not picking you up from school anymore. That would mean um, probably not going to your games on Saturdays. It just it there there's there's stuff attached to those to those extra dollars, and I I feel for me out of a job to be to be really happy to have the ability to be involved at home is much more important. What what's what's important for you guys in in the job and how it affects the family. So you're never going to believe this, but actually uh, two nights ago, how many times have you met Stephanie, Chris, like uh, twice, maybe two or three times ever? Oh yeah. Well, no more than that, but yeah. More than that. Yeah. So she says to me, cause she's been listening to the podcast two nights ago. She goes, you know, Chris Brewer really reminds me of our son, Carter, to where if he's not enjoying his job and it doesn't make sense for who he is and his family, it's way more important that he does that than, than makes money. He wouldn't take a raise. She just, just said by that listening two nights, to the podcast. Really? Wow. She said that. Yep. Uh-huh. That was pretty, pretty crazy that you brought that up right now. You know that uh, living in the United States, you're in the top 5% of the wealthiest people in the world if you're on welfare. Oh, my God. So if, and I'm not saying that as a political thing, what I'm saying is if you're here, it's just a matter of your, what's important to you and priorities because you make enough money to live and to survive and to be uh, doing pretty dang good. So what you're saying is absolutely true. And I think that lends itself to most of the, most of what we talk about on this podcast and that's priorities in life. And what you're saying is, I mean... That's necessary, man. That's that's what life's about. It's not about money, and I think the more it's about money, the less you use your, you uh, have your view of uh, you know your real priorities in life. Oh, I I totally agree, and I think I heard this at a uh, was at a conference. It was a tennis conference. I want to say about five years ago, and it stuck with me. And this was very successful. Uh, director of tennis at a very uh, uh, well-to-do country club back east. And he said, I, and, and it doesn't have to be about tennis, because I think this is just in, in general with, um, with jobs. And he said, you know, people, people tend to jump 
from job to job too too quickly. They always think, you know, the grass is going to be greener. And then they end up getting disappointed. And, and his advice was, if you can, try to create the job you want where you're at. And I thought, that, may, that makes a lot of sense. And I, I think that's what I've been trying to do ever since ever since I heard that. Uh, but that... I don't think that's possible all the time. I think that I think that requires have, having a boss who's gonna. Maybe you don't even have that conversation, but you you, you just have a boss who's who's supportive, trusts you, uh, allows you to be creative, and you you just have that good relationship. But if you can find that, I think creating the job that you want where you're at is much better in the long run than just jumping jumping from job to job like so many people do nowadays. What's important to you guys, Chris, Sean? I, I, I think that, uh, you know, just as far as, you know, the work-life balance uh, thing, which is actually something that I talk to a, a lot of people about, right? And, and you know, un- unfortunately that it is a, you know, necessary people that we do need to uh, work to live, but 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 finding that balance of uh, working to live and not living to work uh, is an important thing to do. And um, yeah, Chris, I like what you had to say about number one, creating your 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 current position into something that you want and um, find if and i know that this is easier said than done a lot of the times but but finding that joy finding that joy in your job um and uh it's an important thing to do right because we we do spend um you know jason maybe you know the statistics it sounds like you might but you know anywhere from you know 40 to 100 hours a week or whatever you know in our workplace we spend more time in our office than we do with our spouses than we do with our kids and um and, and and even the four of us all have different you know very different uh jobs and schedules and um you know jason you have very long shifts and then have and then have time off um you know i i'm i'm in a position where uh i like what i do but due to the fact of what i do i meet with people after work hours so guess what i'm busiest after school <laughs> i'm busiest from three to seven like that you know and, and that's just that is what it is so with um, that with that so with that said would that be a goal within there to find a way to change that if you could like hey it, yeah maybe you know maybe i could you know figure out a way that the day ends at five somehow like I, I think that's the constant, you know, challenge well, of, of making those little changes to 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 continue to try to create the job that that you truly want, and, and, and not getting too hung up on um, the money. Like like right. like Jason said, like we we we're, we all make enough money, right? So now when I say three to seven are my busiest hours, if I wanted to make all the money that I could, I would work Monday through Friday, three to seven. Like, I mean, right. just, you know, nonstop. Um, but I don't want to, because I do want to be there to go to a game, be there to pick up a kid, be there to participate in other things. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, I will try to strike that work-life balance of, you know, giving up those hours in order to do things that I want to do. So, listener, Chris, Chris Yarbrough owned a business uh, for how many, how many years did you own Kona's, Chris? I had uh, Kona's for 14 years in North State Bakery for 14 years. For four, 14 years. And, and if you, so that this, these businesses, out of the same out of the same building if you went to chico state listener you you went to this sandwich shop and if you were eating some sort of bread maybe a hamburger chances are it was baked in chris's shop 
would you say, Chris, because I, I, being a small business owner is, is uh, probably about the most challenging thing there is, would you say you were always trying to, to tweak it to create the best scenario for you and your family? Uh, yeah, that was the hardest struggle. And, you know, I've, I've avoided commenting on stuff because I didn't want to just take up so much of the airtime. Uh, just with so many experiences. Well, thanks for answering the question, Chris. We'll move. We'll move yeah. on. Yeah, a lot of <laughs> okay. things about a lot of things. <laughs> Come on. Uh, no, that it it was just uh, it was a constant struggle with that um, because it, the biggest way for you to <clears throat> make a killing, make more income, is to be on top of uh, payroll, and um, st- you know that means you work a lot. Uh, so in turn, I did work a lot. When something broke, the phone rang. I got up, went and fixed it, or got somebody I needed to do to do it. It just you you walk out the door, but you never leave work. Um, and that's something that's that's hard to communicate to people who haven't experienced it. Not saying that you can't get it, but it it just you really are never you're never off. I would go on vacation, um, text, phone calls, everything. Um, all hours of the day, uh, just with problems of this and that things that could be handled, uh, most of the time by the people I was talking to. Uh, but you know, it was just a very draining thing and it did put friction on, uh, family life and, uh, you know, it, at the benefit of financial gains. So it, it, it wasn't worth it to me. It was a lot easier, uh, starting off. Uh, but the way that the culture and the economy shifted, and the dynamic in Chico specifically, but California alone for uh, doing small business involving food uh, with the costs and uh, all the implementations for wage increase, um, just everything. Every year, it, it used to be a moderate amount. Things would go up, which were understandable. Then it was leaps and bounds uh, where you're just going, Jesus, how much do I have to adjust in order to sustain uh, and you know, still not feel like you're ripping somebody off. So you did, you put, know, it, you did put it a, a subway. You did put a subway out of business. That was impressive. That was cool. They <laughs> they literally shared a wall with me. right. Um, and I I was really excited about them leaving at first. Um, but what I did see over a window of time was that I missed the competition because people would come to go to one or the other. And effectively, we would end up absorbing customers that would be going to Subway because they would come check my location out without planning on it. Uh, That was college, high school, all walking distances uh, from the place. But it was still a satisfactory thing because they were they were pretty brash. Uh, Owner owner was a dick. Um, So that felt good. But other than that. It was a no, little victory yeah, but, for us. Because I, I totally get what you're saying. Because I, I, this was years ago. I thought about going into real estate. I'm talking like 20 years ago. And I'm like, I don't want to be eating dinner and getting a call at like 7 o'clock that someone wants to go see a house. Like, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want that. So, like, listener, Chris, Chris and I would, you know, we'd go on vacations together with our, with our families <laughs> And say that. Chris or Jason, Sean, I don't, you guys don't even know. Like, we'd be on vacation, and I remember this one one house in Lake Tahoe, we were going on vacation, like the internet wouldn't work, Wi-Fi or what, whatnot, and Chris, would ha- Chris found that this one bus stop by this 7-Eleven, his phone would work there, and he was having to do inventory from the, this bus stop <laughs> like daily before we could go do anything. And, and it's like that, that would just suck. Robin, you, you've been in the radio industry for what? 30, 30 plus years. years. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Was there ever a time where you were at, at a station where it was just like, I don't know if it can get any better than this. Like the, just the team, just gelled where you're like ah man this is so good you want my honesty here yeah uh it took me until i came to work with dave pratt and rob trigg 
So you're talking 30 years in AMFM radio? No. You never felt secure. You did have fun with some of your coworkers, but in that industry, I've told everybody, look, this is how it goes down. You, you've got the guy with the hand ready to shake your hand out, but you got to watch where his other hand is at because it's behind his back waiting for you to turn around to stick the knife in you. Right. So for the most part, there were some cool places I worked, but there's always somebody who's looking to get your job. They feel threatened because you come in the door. And, you know, it took me until I started working here at the network. So I've been here five years. This is the first place in the industry I have ever felt like this is a family. I've ever felt comfortable. I don't feel threatened. We have fun here. Um, we've had interns come and go. Um, you know, they basically let me do what I need to do. I'm mm-hmm. not micromanaged. They trust me to take care of you guys when you come in here to do your shows. And being the face of the network on a daily basis, that's a lot of responsibility. But to me, it doesn't it doesn't feel threatening. It doesn't feel bad. When I come in here, this is my home. And it took 30 plus years before I ever felt that way in this industry. But now you're, wow, who, but now who you're feeling the dad podcast would have that effect. On people. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, awesome. I mean, you Jason, know, we're changing lives. Well, Obviously. yeah. And, and speaking of that, Yarborough, why the hell aren't you in here? <laughs> Sam, um, I'm going to bust yeah, you chops. said it was too, you said it was too, uh, too stressful. I was, uh, Robin and I I'm, were trying to decipher what that meant. No, I'm doing Christmas lights today. I'm doing oh. external things Ooh. outside. So he's doing so that, and, honeydew. Uh, here, here. Gotcha. Small, he, he's doing reason, honeydew. Yeah. I'm getting, uh, she's going to kill me. I'm getting <laughs> guilted into this like, because it's so late in the month already. Now, wait a minute. But, Guil- guilted it. That's part of your job as the dad, no, though, no, right? No, no, no. no. I got to finish, Rob. And I, yes, it is my job. <laughs> but it did not help that your employer, we watched a oh. show that he was on with his family yesterday. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there on the couch, going, "Oh, is this planned? Look at the yeah, look at the uh, look at the setup they did. Oh, they they won the competition for the best uh, best Christmas setup. Okay, okay. So I'm doing that today, and I'm not putting that off another day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good luck in making okay. it look as good as the Pratt brothers. That that's a lot of work, dude. Did they win? Not doing that. Yeah, not they did win. Brothers okay. capable of yeah. that. Yeah, they won the great Christmas light fight on ABC. Congratulations. That's awesome. And, go, and going back to, uh, yeah. I, I'm going to rewind a little bit and just kind of mm-hmm. go back to that, you know, work-life balance. And Chris, you were talking about being on vacation. And I know a lot of the things that we talk about is, uh, you know, things that, you know, we've also learned from our dads. And I remember that, uh, you know, my, my dad was pretty busy throughout, uh, you know, throughout my childhood and whatnot. But when we were on vacation and this still sticks to me kind of with, with what I do also, he's like, I've got zero reason to call him to work. The only Good. possible thing that they're going to tell me is going to be bad news. So why would I want to hear that? Well, it's just like him being at home too. Never mind. I'll say Chris. No, my, my, my dad was, no, my dad was, was the same way. He, he, I remember he, 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 I believe he would not call in. He had to call in one time. I think the stock market was like plummeting, and we're about to get on to a cruise ship. And it's mm-hmm. he's frantically having to... My mom would have to correct me on this. I think he was calling clients or something like that, because once we got on the ship, there was no talking mm-hmm. to anybody. Um, you wouldn't have known it for the rest of the trip, but that's the only time I ever remember him, there ever being any sort of work getting in the way of, of a, of a trip. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I just know that, uh, myself as well as, you know, my wife, we, we, we've talked about it throughout our, our child's entire lives because what, um, you know, obviously none of our parents had phones and computers and we can, we can, I, I, we can absolutely both go home and turn on our computer and continue to work very, very easily. Um, I hate but that. That, uh, that um, yeah, and, and and we need to be uh, very conscious not to do that, right? Because yes. 
because that does get into uh, family time and whatnot. So I think it has a lot to do with your um, where your kids are at in life too. One of the things we're sure. talking about is trying to be done by the time our kids are you know out of school by four or five p.m. Yet here we all are on a Thursday at noon all being able to be on a podcast because none of us has the nine to five job. And, you know, there's as much of an argument to say it's better for your, your kids and your family life to not have that nine to five job. There's not many dads, especially who could go in to their kid's classroom and be a volunteer. It's right. pretty unusual for a kid to be able to have their dad be a baseball coach, right. Or a soccer coach. It's pretty cool to be able to have that. And I don't know many people, nowadays that do the nine to five thing because of their families they found a way to kind of play both sides my dad left for work at seven in the morning and came home at 5 30 five days a week for like 40 years that's what he did yeah. every single day and, and, and to let you guys know i am uh you know honored you know and, and i'm able to do this with you guys now um for the first time in my entire career, I, I you know, a, a year ago, I wouldn't have been able to do this because I was working that nine to five where I was, was very, very busy as a, either a therapist or a clinical director or a supervisor or something like this. And, um, but yeah, that seven thirty, like, like your dad, basically. And this is, this is the first time that, um, I found the opportunity to kind of create that own schedule. So I know yeah. my, my, my yeah my my dad worked. I think it was like five thirty to two thirty. He was a stockbroker, so he would go off of you know New East York's New West York Coast. yeah New York's hours, and so it it was nine to five. But it he he was able to leave early, and I know he genuinely. He would always then go to the gym afterwards. I think that I think he would have hated life if he didn't, if he wasn't able to to, to do that. Um, so, but going back to what Robin was saying, where she's just found it right now. That that's that that's why I brought up you know my boss leaving because I've had that for the past three years and I had never I had never experienced that before either uh, I'm 46 so that's working for 20 almost 25 years and just from 43 to 46 experiencing just this complete team environment where you just you genuinely enjoyed going to work because you you loved the people that you worked with. I mean, I, I love my my students uh, dearly, but there was there's the other side, you know, the you, the behind the scenes side, the 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 work family, and for three years now, it's just been awesome. Like I'll I'll give you an example. I mean, so I technically have two bosses: a, a general manager and a club manager. And three of us are we're very good friends. And for three, two weeks now, they've been in on this joke against me where uh, getting this, this little Christmas bonus, and they kept saying that it was going to be on this week's paycheck. And then I got this week's paycheck, and then that bonus wasn't on there. And then I go into the office to explain, hey, that my looks like my Christmas bonus wasn't on the uh, wasn't on the check. And then the GM goes to the the accounting and like I, I think Chris needs to talk to you. His uh, apparently his Christmas bonus wasn't on the check. And then the accountant's like, well, no, that's that's going to be on a separate check. They've had this. They they had this thing this whole time. These two of them have ganged up on me. That no, Chris, expect that this money's going to be on your check, and then they scared the hell out of me because it wasn't. It's just that kind kind of kind of fun. I mean, I I've told Chris so many stories of of good times at at work. So I'm I'm just hoping it doesn't it doesn't change because um, I know I could tell with the way Robin was talking, like she is so happy 
to be here. And that's just like the best feeling. Jason, you have to you have to have experienced that, I'm sure, at, at the fire department where it's just at, at some point the team was just, man, this is such a good freaking team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this will sound cliche, but I actually really do feel like those guys are part of my extended family that I work with. And I really try to mentor guys when they it's strange because you work with guys who are it sounded really cliche. <laughs> you work with guys who are 22 and then you work with guys who are 50, 55 to 60. So you have this family dynamic instead of people kind of all being around the same age of the older guys, mentoring the younger guys in everything from, you know, financial to relationships to being a good firefighter and knowing the job well. So some, some teams are obviously better than others. Um, but I think that has a lot to do with who's in charge of the group. And if you can make everybody find where they're at in life and, and mesh with them all in life. But it's hard because the goal in, in where I'm at right now as a captain is to try to get my younger guys to promote. So the best guys promote quicker and earlier and catch on faster. And then the best guys leave your team quickest. So, yeah, that's tough. That happened on Chicago Fire last night. I was watching. Oh, my gosh. I was watching another episode. It's very, it's, 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 I it's, do it's, love yeah. that show. <laughs> It's so unrealistic. Nope. It's exactly how it is. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> they have a they have a husband and wife working in the same same house. That cannot happen, can it? Mm-hmm. It can? Yeah. In the same firehouse? Yeah. It's happened and it's also happened in the police department. No way. You, That's allowed? 60% of people in this lifetime usually meet their spouse or their potential spouse at their workplace. That is I'm a talking statistic. about s- just specifically yeah, yeah, it has police happened. and fire. It has happened. Jason's first wow. guest on his podcast were married firefighters. Just just saying. It That's happens. true. They, they I need to start paying more time, attention when you guys are talking. I think, yeah, you yeah, really do. I do. I forgot about that. So, that, so Robin's correct, obviously, Jason. I, I or does that depend on the guy is actually admitting issue. I'm right? What's that? Never mind. I'll bet you there'd be some issue in the department if they actually got married or if they were a known couple with putting at the same house. But obviously, there's times where people meet and start dating and they're at the same station. But I don't know. Okay, In- interesting. I thought for sure that that could not be. Could not be allowed. I just told you it's all real. Chicago Fire <laughs> is exactly my fire station. Earlier today, okay, I was six actually. high rise. You need a documentary. <laughs> next next week, we were we were going to do a whole whole segment on Chicago Fire. So Maybe you guys not. Know, I would absolutely let this happen. The four of us, Robin, too, at a firehouse. If you guys ever want to do it. Wait, what? I'm inviting We're all you all doing to it firehouse. at a firehouse. Yep. Yep. Go ahead. Put your mind in the gutter. Can I bring my wife? Can I slide down the pole? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Robin wins. Robin wins. <laughs> you can take that however you want, but I actually want to go down that pole. It just looks fun. Robin's not letting this go. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a firehouse. Dude, it's a firehouse. Come on. Jason, has there ever <laughs> has there ever been a time? I guess I, maybe you can't answer this because you're going to offend the guys now. But was there ever a time over the years where there was a period where, like, this is the best team I've ever been on? I uh, I wouldn't say there was one, but no. I, was, I would say that there's like a top three or top five. Yeah, gotcha. I also thought about this since, Jason, you brought it up with all of us not having nine to five jobs. Uh, I, I wanted to say something yeah. really quick because I I do. They just run on different days. And going back to the the flip side of it, what Jason was referring to, I love the block time that I'm there because I go in, I work, and then I go home. And that is such a foreign thing to me. I didn't have a chance to say because we, we uh, again, we could have gone for quite a while with that. 
Uh, but on the flip side, I love like to the fact I told the guy I work with, oh, this is like vacation to me. And he looked at me just dumbly like, what are you, <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? And and I had to just explain, you know, all of the things where the, the concept of going in, working and then leaving was a foreign thing. So it was exciting to me and still is. I just, I, I look, I look at it as a blessing, you know? I think you and I both thrive on structure. <laughs> I like that stuff. I, I like knowing what's going to happen, what time, what uniform, all that stuff too. I'm not sure that's what you two thrive on, but we, uh, I don't want to talk about that on the show. Well, it's easier letting somebody else take care of the main responsibility. Yeah. Like the owner, you just come and go and you don't have to worry about all that crap. Like what, you know, Chris was saying, or owning his own business. You're on the clock 24 seven. Something goes yeah, wrong. Yeah. You're responsible. The flip side of what you guys were talking about earlier is great managers, leaders, um, mentors, uh, that kind of group. I had the flip side of that where I had great staff. And when I would see them go, I'd just be like, oh, shit, this is going to be a this is going to be a hard one to get back to this point, because every year I would watch the uh, doing interviews whenever I would do them. It exponentially got worse. Um <laughs> Every batch that I did, pretty much the same age group, uh, but core ethics and work, they just came in with less every time. And what I found me getting excited about, I'm just like, are you really getting excited about this? Yeah, that's the best one you have, dude. You got to go with that. No, so that's That a, realization yeah. sucked. That was rough. And it's probably even worse now after the last two and a half years, but you know. I'll leave that alone. <laughs> no, but that, that's a great point you make about having having the, the great staff because I, I think a leader or a boss can, you know, they can certainly create the structure and the environment and and uh, push you to, to, to do your best and, and maybe even, you know, get beyond even what you thought your capabilities were. But when we're talking about, I think, what, what – like Robin was describing and what I'm 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 describing is just that moment it, you can think of it like a like a like a sports team yes we have this great coach but for this period of time for some reason everybody on the team no matter their personalities they just they just mesh and it just becomes this special thing that you can't you can't you can't replicate that. It just, it just happens. Uh, and so I, 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 that's, that's what I've been, that's what I've been thinking about this week. The you know, other, Chris, Chris yeah. I, I think that it, it, as far as the, um, gosh, kind of the, 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 the challenge and the thing that you're going through right now, you know, I think that when, you know, when you were in your twenties and you were that, uh, you know, more green employee, you did need to, uh, rely more on the, you know, the mentors there. And it was a bummer when um, a boss left or whatnot, because yeah, gosh, now what's going to happen with my job and is it going to be as fun? And um, what I'm getting at is, you know, now with who you are, um, we're old men now, right? So, so, so you are that guy. Yeah. You are, you are the guy that is bringing in the, fun and bringing in the work environment and um you know no, you, that's you, mentioned, true. you mentioned that you work closely with two guys well guess what you're a third of it yeah so um i mean wherever you go there you are and and, and you're going to be able to um you know i i i i think i want to say with you pretty comfortably now bring that to wherever you go no that, that and, and you're you're an exotic dancer, and and you're describing your client. You never mind. <laughs> Thank like you, who Sean. you're referring to? I don't even know what I'm talking about. Uh, here's here's the other thing that I was I was I was thinking about in relation to our our jobs, and going back to like what Jason's talking about with uh, with us having you know different jobs and and hours and and everything. I. I do think, don't you think we're younger than our dads? 
Like when when our dads were 46, because we're 46, Chris, you're 44? 38. 38? 30, oh, he's a youngster. Shut up. How old are you, Chris? I should know 43. this. 43, yeah. 46, 43. But you're right. Our parents were a hell of a lot older at this they, age than we are. Ex- they are. Yeah, they, they were. were. Yeah. Um, like... I, I'm in a I'm in a I'm in a trucker hat and a and a hoodie. You were complaining about the and potential of having to wear shoes right. for a podcast. Dude. <laughs> my dad my dad would have been in a suit. I, we just we just went. We just came back from Vegas in August together. There, our dads were not putting guy trips together to Vegas. Um. Robin just made a joke about I, I, well I I'm gonna go on the pole. I I don't I don't think her mom's making that joke. It's not a stripper pole. Let's get that clear. It's, it's a the stripper fi- pole. It's, it's a the stripper fi- pole. Is that what the firemen do on that? Well, that You're would googling that would be cool. stripper poles right now, and I could see it. <laughs> She's looking up firemen. Calendars. Yes. Well, come on, the firemen. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Now, if the firemen are stripping on those poles, that's a whole different story, what? right, ladies? I mean, there's women that listen to this. Come on, now, let's just be honest. There's we'll a call lot. It, yeah, let's just call it what it is. Firemen are hot. Period. I think everybody knows that. Yes. Let's keep this conversation going. <laughs> <laughs> Except the captains. Uh, oh no, those are the why, one, those are the ones in charge. Yeah, see that puts it in a whole different level. Jason wins. We know. I know this. Well, you were beating up on him last week, so we I gotta was, give him I some high him. praise. I missed him. Yeah. Why are we younger? That's how a did, great how question. Did, how did I, I, you know what I think about is um, how many of your friends and us work out, and what do you do for a workout? And then think about your parents and what they did at this age for a workout. And I go, why is this generation more overweight? I think about that because we're, I feel like we're younger and we do more for sure. Why are, like, I think about my parents and it was maybe mom did jazzercise and maybe dad walked around the block a few times. Did you guys' parents my dad lift weights at, and work out hard? My dad did. He, he was in the gym uh, six days a week. Yeah. Yeah. Chris, so he, Chris, Chris, Chris's dad, I, I remember he Chris's dad was probably, probably working out more than anyone I knew. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember my dad, oh my God, I, I, I can't believe I did this. Because uh, it wasn't even true. I was just trying to be funny, shockingly. He's in the gym. He's, he's now on a bike. And he's just having a conversation with the person on the bike next to him who happens to be somewhat attractive. And I, I just walk up, hey, dad, flirting again? And I was. What was his name? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Oh my! I don't. I don't understand how he didn't just punch me right in the face. Yeah, I really did that. But why are why are we younger? Like, I'm looking at the way everybody's dressed here. Mindset. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. I think so. I like what Robin said. This is a deep issue because you have the next generation who we we are the four of us, I think are pretty worried about, but I feel like our parents probably felt the same way about us. So now we're growing up and we dress younger and we probably act younger than they did. And maybe the next generation is just that next iteration of that. I don't, I I don't, I don't know. Well, it sounds like you have the answer. So go ahead. Preach. I don't have the answer. That's why, that's why I'm wondering this, but you're kind of disagreeing with everybody. So I am, Uh, I haven't even said anything. I just told no, a story I, I about know. my dad on a bike. I think the older generation was taught to act and be a certain way. Um, and, I mean, you were taught to eat your vegetables and take care of yourself to a certain degree. But um, as parents got older, they became more sedentary. They didn't do much of anything. Most of the time, I mean, my dad was 40 years old when I was born. So by that point, he'd go to work, come home, sit on the couch, fall asleep, get up and eat dinner, go out in his shed and work, and then come back in, watch TV and go to bed. So he never really spent time with us. And I recall most of my friends' parents 
kind of going through that same thing. They were very sedentary. They would sit at home and do nothing but just watch TV. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, listening to you guys talk, you're taking more of an active interest in what your children do. And, you know, I just went to a concert with my son. And my son is not much younger than you boys. My son's 37, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm 55. So I started when I was young. But we were at a rock concert right. over the weekend. And we had a blast. And this is what him and I do. And I think it's just the fact that our parents, a lot of times it was like, go outside and play. They didn't do anything. Right. But you guys are active. You're out yeah. doing things with your kids. I mean, you're and, a tennis coach, for Christ's sake. You're doing activity. Right. So I think that's why we're a lot younger than our parents were. And that's that, that was the other question I had was, why, why did it shift... Or how did it shift, or maybe it's why, that dads do more than our dads did? Oh, I hear that is it, from is your it mom be, all is the it, time. Is it because they, they all, most of them had the nine-to-five job, so they didn't have, have, have the flexibility? Or, um, has, well, the, has, the, the, has just I, the I, workforce I, I, changed? Because, you know, I know I talked about this on an earlier episode, my dad never did the dishes. He never picked me up from school. He, w- he wasn't able to pick me up from school. Um, like we, all of us do all those things. But it's not just because it's us. It's just like now normal that dads do a lot of stuff. How, I'll how say that like- cultural equality um, between men and women has made leaps and bounds. And I think it's in the right direction that we're seen as much more equal. If you look at the ads from the 60s and the 70s, they're so sexist, man. If you look at some of those things that pop up on your on your Facebook as Yeah, but most of it most now, of it was true. There we go. Hey now. <laughs> yeah, <there laughs> oh boy. So, I'm, I'm against most of the things that are Robin happening left with again. Emasculating manhood and but I think getting to equality is huge and then I also think that we as guys realize how important it is to be involved in your kid's life and what the real valuable parts of life are. And we want to be a part of that, which relates right back to how much you're working versus your family life. And, and along the lines of what, what Jason's talking about, how busy, how busy are our wives guys? Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, in, they're in, just in busy, I, I right? Busy. Yeah. yeah. With Betsy and my wife, and and comparing them to my mom and my mother-in-law that were able to stay at home, and um, yeah, we're there. There's no reason why I should expect my wife to do more than fifty percent of anything because she works really, really hard. Exactly. I love mm-hmm. that. That's so mm-hmm. cool that you say that because, you know, coming from the generations past, they don't talk like that. So it's really cool that you guys actually give credit to your significant other, your spouses, and let them know just how important you think what they do is, you know, is all part of it. Because, you well, know, it's a, it's a team effort. I, I yes. mean, it really is. It's like, well, I can't do it. Well, I'm kind of tight at this time. I'll, I'll I'll make this change to make it happen, and then somehow you'll both get together and be there for an event. It just and understanding the importance of the masculine side of raising kids too. Oh yeah. Wow, you you guys just really got to me for saying all that stuff. So that's really cool. You, your your wives are lucky. Okay, let's just call it what it is because I've not had that experience in marriage. So that's pretty cool. I remind her that, I remind her of that totally every disagreed. day. I did not disagree. <laughs> Lord. Is that what you make your wife call you? Lord. Oh, <laughs> sir. Everybody has to call me sir. Not me. No, not Rob. Not, not in my not, house. Not, not You're in Rob. my house, buddy. Just remember who's putting the, who's putting the mics to on or off. <laughs> No, but I'll I'll think about things because like I know my kids don't know any better because they've just grown up with dad has been able to pick them up from school. Dad has been able to take them to practice, and they 
they take it for granted. I know that. Maybe now, but again, when they, they become adults, it's going to be appreciated. I think, I think about that all the time. Yes. I, yeah. I do think that. It will that. be. I'm it like, will be. This is all the stuff that's not going to be realized until another 20, 20 years or so. When, I would when, say mid to late 20s. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you're probably teaching them that it's valuable to do that for their kids. As that's dads. what I was going to say. Yeah. Exactly. Sorry, Chris. No, this is exact words. No, because I I think about that. And I'm like, and I, I will think about like particular things where I'm like, um, my dad never did that, and my I had a great dad, but it was like my dad never came upstairs and played Nerf basketball with me, and. At, and I'm, I wasn't asking him. I don't think any of you guys did this either. Like, hey, Dad, you want to play one v one up in up in my room, and 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 then you ac- actually have an actual basketball game. We wouldn't have done that because our parents weren't cool like they, that. They they, they weren't just, cool. <laughs> no, they were great. They just weren't cool. They they didn't do that stuff. No, we do that. I feel guilty if I if I pass up on on an opportunity because maybe I'm, I've just started dinner and I'll say no I can't do that right now and I'll I'll feel bad and then I'll think well my I do that almost every day my I didn't do that with my dad like once so I don't know I think we're doing a good job definitely man yeah Christian the other day you know my kids are older too and. Christian the other day, we're going home from somewhere together. And he's like, Hey dad, let's go out to dinner. Let's go grab some food together. And I do not have time to go do that. And it's like, yeah, we're going to do that every single time he wants to hang out. That's got to be priority one. And you got to put everything else aside. I totally, that's the that's kind of perfect. stuff I remember. They, yes. Like I re I remember that stuff with, with, with my dad. I mean, mm-hmm. It didn't happen as often as what what we do, but man, those were those were the best best memories. Uh, but I yeah, I probably didn't appreciate them until I was till I was older. So I totally agree with with Robin. Wow, that's twice you've said that today. I'm gonna have to write <laughs> that down. He recorded it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have the blackmail. I, I do want to I do need to correct something before we get out of here. We can go a little bit longer, I think. Chris, I got upset with you on the show last week from Disneyland because I asked oh. I asked you have, have you seen any hidden Mickey's? And you you acted as if I was a dumbass for not spotting any. And then I That's thought of protocol. I automatically go deep. I know. Dumbass. <laughs> I thought about it and I was like, well, no, those, those asses across the street have, have a whole book on where the hidden Mickeys are. So I, you knew where they were. Because I was looking for them on my own. Find them. Oh, no, no. We'd seen them before. That's why my wife bought the book, but she's also a huge Disney buff as well. And it was fun for Ben at the time so we bought the book so it was like a coffee table book somebody's over take a look at here's a whole other game you could play when you're waiting in line bored or whatever you know what we need is a coffee table book about coffee tables oh yes. boy we can have little legs on yes. George book it even has a built in coaster <laughs> <laughs> Robin have any idea what you're talking about yeah, of course I do. Okay. I mean, what I may am be, I talking I may, about? I may be blonde, but I'm not clueless. Uh, that was a good movie. Uh, like, so? Actually, Sean, <laughs> I saw Clueless on a date with one of your sister's friends. It's true she story. Everybody's sister's friends. <laughs> what on a date with one of my sister's friends? She was younger than your sister. Mm, all right. Yeah, now the re- secrets come out. Yeah. We went and saw Clueless. It was a good movie. Good story. Great, great story. <laughs> Chris, uh, any, any story? Well, let me, I want, did want to ask you this. What was it like doing the show from Disneyland? Oh, that was, that was actually kind of fun. Um, 
except for the fact that there was this woman mad dogging me for about 30 minutes because I was at the desk that she claimed is hers, where she does her work comfortably, which I found out after the podcast. Um, but it was fun. It was fun to do, just kind of take a break and do it like in that in Grand California. It's a, it's just a perfect hotel for my money. It's, it's amazing. Uh, so it was nice to just do that. And you take an elevator down to levels and then you walk right into California Adventure. It was fun. Listen, if you can see Sean <laughs> while, while Chris is describing this story, you, you would have. You would have thought he was asleep. Do you do this with your clients? Well, I try not to. Do you, how many times do your clients say, uh, Mr. Johnson, are you paying attention? I am just genuinely trying Dr. to Dr. Johnson? About. Bueller. Uh, Bueller. <laughs> I, I'm putting myself into the Grand California and, 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 and picturing what Chris is talking about. He, He's he shrinking exactly. this whole conversation. No, he knew where he referred to where I went when, when that came up. He, I said, "Oh, that's actually where I'm going, third floor, Grand California." And that was <laughs> that his recommendation. No, that is so, true. I'm just saying. I think Sean was thinking about what he wants to have for lunch while you were uh, it, it while you were telling that time. story. Yeah, I'm hungry. Yeah, so are we all. Yes, uh, bring up food, Chris. What what was uh, you? Tell the listeners what happened on, I think it was your last ride, Space Mountain. Oh, oh that was great. Um, after we had done the, the Club 33, went with, with Sean and his buddy Mark. Uh, we, we did that before they left. When we were in line, I was explaining that we were 0 for 2 uh, getting on that ride. So we waited in line for a while, breakdown. You know, go back, try it again another day, break down. So the third time we got on, uh, when we all went together after lunch, and then we went again uh, at night, and the ride broke down when we were on it. <laughs> and uh, we had just come out of the last drop into this tunnel at the end, and there was an announcement that they were having problems. And, you know, next thing you know, you hear people coming from the end of the tunnel. The, the way that they got the carts out of there is these two gals that were operators for the ride walked down into the area next to the track and literally pushed our cart out. And um, we were laughing because when you come out of the tunnel, all you look at is this audience of disgruntled, pissed off people. And I'm recording these women pushing this thing and... I, I had to like kill the laughter immediately because I felt like a prick. <laughs> I just want you to know Sean made sure to look like he was paying attention during that entire story. What? 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 <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm just glad you didn't you didn't have to see all of the Space Mountain stuff because I think that would have ruined it for me. We were we were I don't know ten yards away from yeah. having that view, so we lucked out. Do you what? find the chocolate chip cookie? They don't have the chocolate chip cookies anymore. Oh my gosh! They took that, Again, they took that. I'm old. Yeah. What's the chocolate chip cookie? That it was like one of the planets that you saw when you're in Space Mountain on the ride. They're like meteors. The chocolate chip. Oh, yeah, I did. I did hear this. Meteors. I did hear this. It's in my hidden Mickey book. <laughs> Is that a coloring yeah. book? Anyway, guys, this was fun. Real quick, did any of you guys go to go to work with your dad? Yes. Did you want to do? Did. did you ever? No. When you went to work with your dad, were you like Jason? No. No. Sean, did you I, did you ever think I want to do this? Not quite. So, uh, uh, my 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 dad was a doctor, and um, uh, so the when I was a little kid, I, I used to go with him just to go and do quick office rounds. And then when I was older, probably, you know, late teen, uh, either a senior in high school, maybe even maybe even home from college, I went to watch him do uh, um, a, a small a small surgery. Did and you it, break it, it, junior mints? I, I had no, I had, and I had no junior mints. That, that was the call. Very refreshing. <laughs> um, 
and I, I didn't think it would be Sorry. a big deal. And uh, I was just standing up. Do you, do, do you need a chair or anything? Like they, they were being very nice to me. And no, that's okay. As soon as there was a squirt of blood, I practically passed out. Oh. <laughs> it was really, I was just, I, I, okay, I, I need a chair. <laughs> so that, that's when I knew that, uh, yeah, chances are me falling in those footsteps um, wasn't going to yeah. happen. Jason, even I, though you, I, I, I actually, I, I knew before that, but. Gotcha. Uh, Jason, even though you didn't go to your dad's office, but you would see your dad, you know, come and go morning, come back night in a, in a suit and, and everything. Was that something that ever intrigued you? Or is that something where you saw that and you were like, and, and is that partly why maybe you went in a totally different direction? Cause you're just like, I, I cannot do an office thing. Uh, maybe I, uh, we could do a whole episode on this, but my dad was always disappointed in his choice of le- he was a teacher, a high school music teacher for like five years. And he left because when my mom got uh, pregnant with my brother, he knew that he wasn't going to be able to take care of the whole family and have my mom not work on a teacher salary. And two, maybe five years ago, before he got really bad with dementia, he was still talked about that at least every few months and how much of a bummer that was to him and that he, he wishes his whole life career would have been different. Hmm. So yeah, to answer your question on this yeah. high note that we're going to end the show on, no, I, yeah. I didn't yeah. really want to do that and neither did he, but I was always bummed that I never went and saw his office. I think he, I don't think he was real proud of his job to be honest with you. And he, he ended up being the president of the company he was at. And he still wasn't real happy with, with hmm. the choice he made to be at that job. So, yeah. Maybe some of it had to do with you. Oh, Probably. Probably, yeah. And Chris, then as far as being a full blue collar guy, because I don't have any of those in my family besides myself. Right. That was probably more of a, a rebellious thing. I knew I could never sit at a desk nine to five. So which activity could I do that was the most fun between military police fire what fulfilled me most and you know i i'll say the grass is always greener like you guys did a show without me about careers and what you did and what you wish you would have done and if you had it to do over and um i listened to that and there's still some things where i think everybody has those thoughts of what if i would have turned left instead of turning right what would my life look like robin would be on a pole I don't think so. No, no. dude, she's I, pretty streetwise, Chris. I, I know I'm she careful. is. She's well, gonna kill me. And I hit you with a. Well, pull. here's Chris. something to end on a good note with that. Since you're picking on me, now's my turn. <laughs> but my son, his dad was out of his life by the time he was two and a half, so it was on me. And a lot of times, working in this industry wasn't easy. I worked in television full time and radio part time. Plus, I was a writer for a magazine and an assistant editor. Wow. So my kid on weekend overnights, when I worked at the radio station, I'd bring a cot. He would stay up with me until he started falling asleep. He would fall asleep on the cot. That's awesome. And then with the TV station during pledge drives, cause I worked for PBS Monday through Friday, I worked there and then he was at school. But on the weekends when we did pledge drives, he came down to the set with me because it was always catered. <laughs> and and all the women loved him because he was such a cute little sweetheart sure. and he would just walk around and collect the pledge cards and help me out and then of course sit and eat the free food all day but you know i mean that's the whole thing i couldn't afford full-time babysitters to work jobs mm-hmm. so he got to go with me on a lot of places he helped me deliver the magazine and he went into and you're going to find this funny. He went into strip clubs when he was like 10 and 12 years old. He went into bars <laughs> and all kinds of t-shirts and head shops and even like the Castle Boutique. He was going in those stores when he was like 10 and 12 delivering the magazines because they carried our magazine. And everybody loved him because, you know, tall, cute little blonde haired, blue eyed boy. But he always hung out with mom. He hung out with the musicians. He did really cool things that kids would probably pay an arm and a leg to do when they're adults. So I think by paying attention to our children, that makes more of a difference. And you guys may not see it now with your kids and they may complain, but I guarantee you 
when they hit their mid to late 20s, even after that, you're going to see just how much what you're doing now makes an impact on them for the future. That's what I keep telling myself. You'll see it. You'll I, see I think it. I, yeah. You'll see it. I know it. you're right. Yeah. I know you're right. All right, guys. Anything else before we get out of here? Wise words from Robin. I appreciate that. Thank you, Robin. All right. Sean, go get some lunch. Will do. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to The Dad Podcast with Chris Brewer. Join us next time as we continue our conversations about everything dad. Right here at StarWorldWideNetworks.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.